Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into people and how people are so awesome to work with and how they impact everything about your business. Hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host today, tenured master business coach and strategist for almost 20 years now. I am a thought leader of small business and the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., the coaching practice that specializes in guiding small businesses to optimize their performance and leadership. And I'm all about the small business sector, so much so that um, I dedicated each one of the books in our series to you, small business owners, because you are the accelerant of the economy. And it's because of you, I founded inadvertently this number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. But don't worry about that. We'll share a little bit more about that later. Most importantly, like all good things that come together, I didn't do it alone. I invited tenure experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of those fabulous tenured experts, Shalini. Shalini, you're here. (laughs) Okay, everyone, it's important for you to know who Dr. Shalini Nag is because she works with all size companies to create exceptional cultures and transform their people into exceptional professionals so the companies can achieve their desired outcome. You're pretty busy, aren't you? I am. I am. But then who is not? (laughs) Okay. In addition to this, you have created some wonderful information for us in the book series, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. You wrote in volume five and, sorry, excuse me, four, (laughs) you wrote in volume four, can you tell we're we're looking at authors for volume five? Um, And volume four was a number one international bestseller, which makes you a number one international bestselling business author. Kudos. (laughs) Woohoo. Okay, everyone. So here's, here's the deal. Shalini wrote this really great chapter and it's titled Flip the Paradigm. Embrace the human approach to boost your business. That's pretty powerful if you slow down and you let that sink in a little bit. So Shalini, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're here today because our listeners are looking for new ways to do business better. And you and I both know that it all starts with people. And it ends with people, right? I couldn't agree more. Every innovation we've ever had came from somebody's, you know, mind. So it was created by people. And yes, after that, there's work. And yes, you need materials and so on and so forth. But starts with people, ends with people. It does. And, you know, I I had a funny experience um, with a couple MBAs who are all about the numbers. And, you know, driving the bottom line, everything's about the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line, bottom line. And I said, you're not quite right there in business because the bottom line is, is just a reflection of what the people do in the business. 
And they said, no, it's not. <laughs> I said, yes, it is. And we went through this conversation and they're like, well, there's process and there's product. And, the, and, and I said, yes. And where does that all come from? Who creates all that? Well, the people do. Mm, there we are. It's all about your people. <laughs> I love that example because you know, right? I've shared this with you a few times that most companies, they focus on uh, finance, product, operations, and process finance, product, operations, and the customer. Actually, they yes. focus on people, but on the customers, not on their own people as much. And then when you ask them, who's going to get all this work done? Who's going to make your brilliant strategy a reality? That's where they think about, oh, yeah, uh, we have to bring our people along. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's, it's a hoot to me. And, and that's why I appreciate the work you're doing, because it's so important. And should we just dive right into today's conversation? Absolutely. I thought we already were in it. We were, but I have a couple of questions I want to ask you to help everyone else figure out how to do this people thing better. Let's do it. All right. So today's episode, you titled it, Get Out of Their Way So You Can Win. Okay, now this is a little intriguing to me. I think I know where you're going to take it. Get out of their way so you can win. Whose way does a small business owner need to get out of and why? We've been talking about it for the last few minutes, Maggie. The small business owner needs to get out of the way of their people so that they themselves can actually win and their business can thrive. You know, I see it quite okay. happen quite frequently. And I, I believe you'll agree, right? That MBA story you were mentioning is, is an example. The business owner, for example, they have been doing well as an entrepreneur in the initial phases, and then they're now looking at growth. And they hire new members, but instead of you uh, looking at them and viewing them as thinking, contributing individuals, they really... Think of them as additional hands to take work off their plate and end up micromanaging them. And if anybody is listening to us right now, I have a very, very easy test to know whether you've made this mistake or not. And the test is, if you okay, feel like you're doing more work, if, you're, if you feel like you're doing more work instead of less work after you've hired people, you have made this mistake. <laughs> yes. Fact. Fact. Okay, so that's a simple one. That is a simple like test. Yeah, it's just the test. It's how you know whether you've made the mistake or not. And then, of course, you need to fix it if, if your answer is a yes. Okay. All right. So um, what else needs to be fixed? How else do we know we're, we're making those mistakes? So I would say that the prime indicator that you're making that mistake is if you feel even more overworked and overwhelmed. And okay. the, the reason it needs to be fixed as quickly as possible is because if you're doing more work after you hired somebody, then you haven't really solved the problem that made you hire someone in the first place, right? You were tired and overworked. That's why you decided to hire somebody. Now, if you're doing even more work, you didn't really solve the problem. And then if you're involved in every single activity, you're still working in the business so you're working in employee mode rather than working on the business 
So you're really not stepping up your game to become a leader and, 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 and a business owner. You're working in the business as an, as an employee. And of course, uh-huh. and of course, the more you micromanage people, the quicker they will leave, especially if they're talented and capable of contributing more. <laughs> okay. These, these are so practical. They're almost funny because we know it happens all the time, but that's what makes it so critical for us to really get this right. I would agree completely. And here's my thought. You know, I keep, whenever someone says it's so practical and simple, but we didn't think about it. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, common sense is not that common. Exactly. Exactly. A lifetime of Einstein's work on endless chalkboards to get down to the simplicity of E equals MC squared. And people would rather spend time in in the chalkboards than the simple equation. So the practical is what will win every time. And um, if you don't believe Shalini and myself, go ahead and read a little bit about what Einstein says about simplicity and eloquence oh my goodness simplicity simplicity is key right the more complexity we have the more difficult it becomes for us to actually achieve what we want to because we are distracted so easily by everything else that's going on and you know that I love complexity and so I love and I love simplifying that complexity so others can apply those concepts practically in their everyday lives. Yes, yes, it's our job to simplify for them, right? Okay, so you've mentioned now a couple of times that people are going to leave if we don't, if we as a small business owner don't get these things right, Mm -hmm. correct? Absolutely right. I mean, I would, I hate being micromanaged. I think most small business owners started their own business because somewhere in their history, they've been micromanaged and didn't like it one bit. Right, right. So it's so funny because we bring some of that residue and it's usually, I'll just say corporate residue is what it often is, um, into our business and then we just serve it up. And that's why we left to create a new way of doing things, a better way. And yet we're still functioning because of that residue from old um, practices, right? And this residue uh, basically shows up because as a busy business owner, we tend to react rather than get proactive about how we are planning our business's growth. So what happens is if a business owner has not been proactively planning ahead, they find themselves already very, very busy at a certain point and then think about hiring. And what happens in that case is they have not really prepared ahead of time to think about, okay, if my business is going from nascent concept stage to uh, stabilization stage, what kind of work now needs to be done? Am I ready to do that work myself? Who do I need to support me? And uh, other such questions. And because they're not asking these questions ahead of time, they find themselves overworked. Then they say, okay, we are going to hire a team. And then they quickly hire whoever is available because they don't really have the time to find the best person. Instead, they just 
pick whoever, you know, they send out a job ad, five people apply, but those are the five people who are available right now. They're not necessarily the best people to do the work that you need done in order to help the business into the next stage and to level up your results. Yes. Yes. Whew, there's a lot there. Where should we go next? Well, I'd say let a quick thought experiment, maybe, right? Okay. A lot of times what happens is, I mean, just imagine the situation when as a small business owner, you hired somebody. When you imagine that, right, you're already busy, you're already tired, you've hired somebody in the hopes that they'll take work off your plate. But because you're busy, you don't have time to onboard them. You don't have the time to really bring them to understand where, what your vision is, where you're going with your business. And so now you find yourself trying to tell them exactly how they need to do everything. So not only are you doing everything you were already doing, you're now doing all the thinking on behalf of this person you've hired. They perceive it as micromanagement. You experience it as additional work that you're doing. And in organizations where maybe the business leader already has a prior experience, they've worked with teams before, maybe they've already incorporated things like the conversations for business success that you and I have discussed before in previous episodes of this podcast, for them, their new members can learn on the job because they've created that environment. They've opened the avenues of communication for, for new members to really learn quickly to ask those questions and for them to have the space to teach them and bring them on board and coach them and get them ready to actually become effective contributors. Unfortunately, most new business owners haven't set that up. And as a consequence, when they're hiring their first team members, they get into this situation where they experience exactly what we just described of feeling like they're doing even more work than before. And then they say, oh, I don't really like managing people. I don't really want to grow my business any further. And they give up on scaling and achieving that vision that they initially had for their business. Right, right. Okay, so the kind of work that needs to happen is continuously changing, is what you're saying. So how can business owners prepare for this better than what they have been? I think the first step, like everything else, is awareness, right? So today we can definitely help with that. And then it is application of the knowledge one has acquired. That we can give them some tips about today. And then, you know, we can talk about how they can move forward from there. But think about the first days when we started our own businesses, right? We are nurturing our businesses every single day. But when we first got started, most of the work we were doing was innovation, So we are thinking, what service can we offer? Who do we offer it to? What problem are we solving? How are we preparing a product or a service that actually mitigates that problem in the world? And so it's mostly focused on innovation. We then move to the next state where it is a concept or when we are trying to get our first clients. And then we shift from doing innovation to doing both innovation and delivering results, where results might be, you know, getting that first client, serving that client, maybe changing and the innovation comes in from feedback from the client and actually uh, adapting our products and services to ensure that our customer remains happy, that our products and services remain relevant and timely. But when we are now preparing for growth at this point, 
we need more and more customers, more and more clients, so we can actually start scaling up. Now, in addition to innovation and, um, uh, and delivering results, we need to start building processes which are replicable, which are maybe automated. If not automated, we need to hire people to get all of that done. We need standardization of some level so that every customer feels like we are being honest, we have integrity, we are giving them what we promise and so on. And finally, to really scale, if we, whatever work can be done through automation, that's great. Whatever doesn't, we are now hiring a team, which means we need to develop those people so that we don't need to keep on managing them and we are not standing in their way of contributing to our business. So I'd say these are the four kinds of work that needs to happen and they get added on stage by stage as the business grows and goes through its different phases of growth. So from a business owner's perspective, stage one, you're doing all the thinking and the innovation. Stage two, you're basically jack of all trades. You're doing the innovation and you're trying to deliver results. Stage three, you are now preparing for growth. And at that point, you need to get help in order to grow fast. And that is why you need to get your processes right so you can train your people. And you need to hire your people uh, and develop them so that they are able to contribute in the way that you need for it to be, um, for, for the business to actually thrust forward and really grow. Okay, so I'm still with you. You haven't lost me yet. <laughs> so proactively preparing for this, right? That's the next piece of the question. Okay, now you're aware of what needs to happen and what work happens in different phases. So how do we prepare for, the, for those phases? First of all, of course, you know, we talked about being proactive. So look ahead. So you know where you're going. You, you know when to prepare. So when is an important question. The second is understanding where our strengths lie. Some of us are really great at the innovation piece. We hate processes. Others are really rigorous with processes. They may be good at innovation, but when it comes to actually delivering results, maybe they're just a little bit, you know, they, what can I, what, how can I describe it? They vacillate a little bit between brilliant and not so brilliant. So in, <laughs> so in these cases, right, if we know what our strengths are, the next thing is, what do we need to do? So we match the two of them and we identify what the gaps are. For example, if I'm really good at developing people and I'm really good at innovation, I should hire somebody who's great at delivering results and great at developing processes. Because then between the two of us, we have all four types of work covered. And then finally, finally, we need to hire somebody before we need help, before we are overworked. Okay. Now, I really appreciate this, and I hope our listeners do too, because you just told us four stages of business evolution, right? And you coupled that with how we also find the right people to help us grow. And the key is to be proactive and find people that are going to complement us, right? Absolutely right. Okay. No arguments from me. Okay. Well, in, in this, this seems so logical to me, 
but I also was an executive recruiter for about a decade. So I understand this because I lived it. I made a living doing this. Um, so I, I get our listeners may not so easily understand this and it can almost seem counterintuitive to hire people before we need their help, right? Because after yeah. all, gosh, we're going to have to spend money to do this. And we may not have that money to do it yet. So help us out with that one. Because hey, that's, you know, that's where the rub is, right? <laughs> it only feels counterintuitive if you're not a business owner. Think about it, right? Uh, we know as business owners that we need to spend money to make money. The issue is that when we are reactive, we end up spending money, but we end up spending it on wasted resources, like wasted human potential, wasted contribution from the people. If we are proactive and we hire the right person, if we take that time, then we are spending, but then we are investing instead of spending money. So there is a difference that comes just from how we are approaching this expense. If we, if we are not proactive, it becomes an expense. If we are proactive, it becomes an investment with a humongous ROI. And to me, that is the difference between uh, hiring before you need help. And I don't mean like years before you need help. But if you are proactive and you're looking ahead, you know when you need to grow. You know when you're reaching maybe 80% of your capacity, hire then. So you have that 20% capacity to train up the individual that you have hired to complement your strengths. Between the two of you, you can get all four types of work done much faster and quicker, which will mean you'll have more customers and clients quicker, which means you'll actually make that ROI faster and you'll make more money. Oh, and you might even have a little peace in your business. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's why this counterintuitive approach works really well. So how do we know what our strengths are? and who the right person is for us to hire would be, especially when you're talking about complement, that they're complementary to our own skills? Uh, that is a great that's, that's question. That's a loaded question. It's a loaded it's question. Really loaded. But it's, it's a loaded question, fully loaded, but it's also a really good question because it's a question I almost always receive uh, whenever I'm giving a talk or whenever I'm interacting with business owners. Like, how do I know? what to do and how to do it. And the quick answer I would give is work with an expert because no matter how much time we spend reflecting and thinking about it ourselves and doing assessments, the fact is that we are biased when we look at ourselves. We may be too hard on ourselves or we may be not hard enough depending on you know, which way our bias flows or what our previous uh, experience has been. So working with somebody who can look at it objectively and look at you objectively really helps ensure that they're getting a clear picture and they're really using a, a data-driven or a, a, an evidence-backed approach to uh, hiring the right people. For example, when I work with my clients, I actually get them to complete a very quick five-minute assessment. It only takes them five minutes. And then because of the scientifically-backed system that I use, it identifies what their strengths are, where exactly they fall in terms of strengths along these four types of work that needs to be done. 
and we can match it with the business objectives. So we then follow up by saying, okay, if, if your strengths lie in innovation, but in the next phase of your business, you need to do a lot of process development and delivery of results, hire someone who's going to be brilliant at doing that. What's more, we can actually assess the top candidates and ensure that they fall in the right quadrants so that together they're making a, a complementary team. Whew, okay, that's power packed. Big question, simple answer. Let's start with a five minute assessment. I would say that, and of course, you know, in our podcasts, in our previous episodes, we've talked about the success delta, building a culture of trust, inclusion, and high development, and how they can do that. Uh, I describe some of that in our book chapter. And of course, we talk extensively, and I, I think it's our last episode, right, uh, 176, where we talk about conversations for business success. So these are all tips and tricks that business owners can use right now to start building that kind of environment if they find that they're already a little bit overworked and overwhelmed. <laughs> and who isn't these days, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, and everyone, Shalini just mentioned this. So I'll mention it right now. In Shalini's mini series in our podcast here, she already has three episodes. So let me share those numbers with you. And you might want to start with the first one, which is 156. Then go listen to 165. And then 176. And this episode number is 182. And the reason why I say start with 156 is Shalini was very intelligent. Matter of fact, she was brilliant in how she designed this, this mini series for you. She starts us at the beginning and we build. So please, if this is making sense to you or you want to know more, go back and start with 156. All right. Now, Shalini, I imagine right about now everybody is interested in how they can connect with you further. How do we do that? I would say LinkedIn is great because I share tips and tricks every single weekday for business owners and leaders to follow up with. Uh, email, uh, I know you'll be sharing the actual details in the show notes. And my website are all great places to connect. If they email me uh, for a conversation, I can definitely give them that quick five-minute assessment uh, and help them through the process. And if... if uh, they want to just listen to us talk. I know there are other events coming up that you'd like to share a little bit more about. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so listeners, we appreciate you. And this is how you can learn more and engage with number one international best-selling business author, Shalini Nag. At Doctor, I continue to forget to say doctor, pardon me. At the end of your chapter, you have an author's page. And at the bottom of the author's page, you have an invitation for everybody to engage with you further. Could you share with us what that is? Uh, yes, I would love to. So that is an invitation to download uh, what I call allies at work which is a conversational technique that takes individuals from conflict to collaboration. So they can click onto that, download that uh, basically guide, uh, 
and then use that not only to guide their own conversations, but also train their people to, to do the same. Oh, so it becomes a common practice. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and we will have the link for this um, in the show notes. We'll have all the links in the show notes so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, if you already have the book, just go ahead and open up and see at the end of Shalini's chapter this awesome invitation because it's a great gift for your business's performance and your people to boost their performance, right? Okay, now the other thing is at the end of Shalini's chapter, she has all sorts of different social media handles that you can connect with her too. And here's something else that's really cool is right now you can see everything about the book, how to get a hold of it, and Shalini by going to the books app, Brilliant Biz Book. Download it, it's free, Brilliant Biz Book at your app store. And when you get there, I would love for you to look at a feature that's called Ask an Expert. Click on Shalini's name, type in the question that you have for her, and she will respond back to you, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I love that. Uh, anything we can do to help you have a business that you're proud of, we are supporting. So now, Again, I'm going to say Shalini's other episodes are 156, 165, and 176. Oh my gosh, Shalini, thank you for your wisdom sharing today. You're welcome, Maggie. I loved it. And we have one more episode with you in your mini series here in our podcast. So I'm excited. Are you going to give us a sneak peek as to what it is? Or are you just going to let it be a mystery? I'll let it be a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I think if people are listening to this episode, there, there, are, um, there are things they need to start doing now instead of worrying too much about what's coming next. <laughs> okay, so stay in the now. That's what you said. And just stay right here, do this, and you'll be shining much more brilliantly. Thank you so much, Shalini. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, you know, I always say that applying the information is more important. Like having a lot of knowledge and not applying any of it is less powerful than having a little bit of knowledge and actually putting it to use. And that's why I say stay in the now, apply this first. We'll talk later. <laughs> okay. All right. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.